Welcome back to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Mike Connolly. Hello. And in the studio today we have Pierre-Marc Tremblay. Is that the right way to say that? Yeah, it's the right way. All right. From Am Sanglant, which I guess is... That better you said that than me. Yeah, definitely exactly, better than exactly. Connolly trying That's to say I it. <laughs> I definitely never said it right. Uh, you might notice that Connolly's voice sounds a little different. We didn't replace him with a poorly constructed robot. Uh, he just sang some songs last night. Sang some songs and definitely blew my voice out screaming for Linecraft, <laughs> oh, screaming man. for Junko, screaming for Vatican, screaming for Alberic, <laughs> screaming for everybody last night. So, yeah, we are... Fresh off uh, the hospital show showcases. Two days of noise. And on the third day, we podcast and relax. Yeah. And the third day, we listen to more noise. <laughs> Which today is the Yggdrasil Eseton Hermit split on Darkness Productions out of Germany from 1997. Uh, which was Pierre Marc's choice to talk about. Yeah. It's a very important record for me. I mean, being from Canada... It was easier to order from Hermit, so uh, it was one of my first uh, noise vinyl ever. So I've been listening to this thing to the gears like all the time, but mainly in that era when I heard it, it was always on my turntable. And uh, so, it, like, if I think about nostalgia, that's really a record that I've listened a lot, and it was important in my. Uh, conception of noise mostly like uh the way i'm i saw the scene from canadian highs i guess this, <laughs> the, this was the scene to me unlike now knowing many americans where they'll be more into like macronympho or triple r which obviously i love ron but to me ermit was like kind of my own uh introducer to that old noise world okay yeah that's so cool and this this came out in 97 is that you pretty much got it when it came out probably 97 yeah 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 I, at that point like i had us i started doing noise in 96 and shortly after there was this guy close to my house that we we actually it was the first time a tape trader would send me a letter with his phone number and tell me hey i'm from the neighborhood next by can you call me and this guy was doing a project called weird vision okay and he later on did a thing called vita verbum lux um so he had a split at a certain point with sonic deterrent like he was part of the underground of back then and uh that guy introduced me to hermit so i started been palling with hermit and um uh, that's it like i i got like the grunt hermit split and he was doing a some split seven inches back then and I would, and also like, I didn't have to do money exchange. I was just like putting Canadian dollar in an envelope and order from him. Yeah, so and cool. that actually, that split 10 inch, I was thinking about like spreading the music around. And it's one of the, maybe the first like wholesale order I did. I probably order eight to 10 copies of that and tried to spread them in Montreal. And it's a record that's so popular that lately, I'm still finding it in some local stars sometimes <laughs> used. And it's so underground. It's crazy that, that you can still find this record, according to me. It's so great. <laughs> it's an amazing record. It is. It's really cool. It's super, I mean, it's a 10-inch uh, with a cool, like, purple burgundy cover with a paste on on it and a bunch of inserts, a whole bunch of inserts. Which is the best. All different sizes on some Like a paper. folded uh, purple, like, cardboard yeah. with Xerox uh, art. I mean, it's, it's, it's what everyone's doing nowadays, but, <laughs> you know. 
It's very classic. It's classic very DIY also. Looking 10 inch from the 90s. And the, the styles are also very kind of indicative of the, the time to me. Uh, it sounds sounds pretty classic. Like the Yggdrasil material is this like just sort of atmospheric, murky synth stuff. It reminded me of the like the Loki Foundation stuff and some of the like La Joie de la Princesse. Uh, just like weird muted melodic synth noise. It's very dark, and at some point you have this like um really sinister scent melody that gets in and it's giving the vibe of uh this intro it's It's like an intro to the record because the funny thing about this 10 inch is that it's kind of short but you have the whole specter of like the electronic noise ambient underground and that one thing and it's all the main connection with all these guys is that it was diy and truly underground for the time they had no connection with like big labels or whatever did Yggdrasil run Darkness? Yes, yeah, he did. Yes. Okay. And, and, you know, didn't really do a, a ton of stuff. And But a lot of these guys, you know, Herman especially worked with a lot of splits. I mean, a lot of his releases yeah. are split records. It was a split scene. Actually, I discovered this scene, like, being more, fra- like, I entered that scene from, like, grind, noise, punk crust kind of thing. So I think especially for Hermit, i think he was originally from the punk scene so it it has a different interaction with noise when you think of other guys coming from hebm or like this or academic noise or whatever right. like this 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 specific release i think it's guys that were in they, they had more punk vibe than the usual noise scene of back then right and, and really that great DIY aesthetic, especially with the exactly, inserts yeah. and the and the photocopies and and also like just uh, I think I think Yggdrasil might be more quiet about uh, like uh, his ideology on that split, uh, but still you feel like it's darkness production and it's Yggdrasil, which are two words that you wouldn't associate with the heart that he, he does. It's like right. It's more. Uh, like when you look at his insert, you 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 don't take of darkness or Yggdrasil no. if you you like what these words I associated with today, right? And um, that's why I think why it reminds me of the Loki Foundation is, stuff is sort of the uh, like Norse mythology connection to it. But it, the Norse mythology is used in a total other way, right? Than right. it would be used today. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It, 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 yes, it, I think he's using it against modernity and against Christianity, but in a more anarchist or weird way, yeah. it's not connected to what it's connected today. It's totally like, cause it's pure freedom. Like he's doing the, the insert is just out of this world. It's yeah. not dark. It's not even dark. It's just no. like, it's a, it's looking like a child, childhood, uh, uh, drawing more or less. And right, yeah. I, I really love that in a sense, in a way. And the, 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 the way like, uh, it shows that side of noise that's rarely in it nowadays. Yeah. Like what was fun about back then is like getting such a record and the tree inserts are very different. Um, I find that the way things are today, often people are just copying styles from the this era. And there's like one format that is always used. And it's like, I look old school. I do that. Well, in that era, 
You were not knowing what you would get. People could go totally crazy. It could be bad. I mean, you could get a guy just uh, recording himself crackling peanuts. And you would be like, okay, that's it. But it was always mystery and you. And the rebellion was a true rebellion. It was not like the same rebellion every time. You know, absolutely. And, and, and that's what's so exciting about this era. And that's why Gray and I are so excited you know, to focus on on this era because it was a time when all this different stuff could be put together in a way that, yeah, it wasn't every band doesn't sound the same. Every band doesn't have the same, same content. And yeah. And, and these first tracks are so cool that the gold, goldener herbs, which is golden autumn, golden fall, um, just, just really sets the tone. And then the second track Krieger comes in and it's just this total nasty Euro industrial, uh lo-fi yeah these sort of like so good this underground bass eruption stuff with the like vocals and noise that the distorted vocals are so kind of back in the mix and it sounds really cool it's got a great atmosphere it's creepy like analyzing this track uh in uh today i would say it's almost like a weird mixture between like a genre that is more popular right now called dungeon synth and power electronics you have that amazing synth melody and then in the background these distorted vocal uh, and it's a weird mix of two genres that are popular today that you would rarely see mixed together Uh, yeah absolutely and especially in 1997 i mean it's it's really really unique for that time i find like one of the great thing about this release it's how it's incorporating sounds of all really all the industrial scenes of that era and in this like you even have a uh you know like the noise is almost sounding like a thunderstorm at some point that was the end of that track and um and the record cover itself like it's just a forest and thing it's a record that really connects humanity to his natural origin which is clearly nature yeah absolutely. like we're animals in the end you know yeah, Sometimes absolutely we kind of forget about that but we're we're insects. We're just <laughs> bigger than, you know, but we're insects. We're just fucking, we're wordless. <laughs> well, then, and then after those tracks, speaking of us being animals, we have, well, how did you pronounce it? Eseton? Eseton? Is that? No, I guess it is. Right? I mean, I have no clue. Is this an English word? Uh, I'm not familiar <laughs> with it. Well, but uh, it's an Austrian project, so who knows? Maybe yeah. A, and unfortunately, uh, our, our research assistant is is not here today to uh, give us the, uh, the the real info. So. That project is really obscure. Actually, I recall back then I was willing to get their demo, which I did, and um, and that's pretty much it, right? There's yeah, I it's really, I, I was fascinated by it because of that treeway, and because I knew it was a good contact affirmant. I think that back then Eric and him were pen palling a lot. So just because of that, that for me that project was kind of important, but then it's totally forgotten. Uh, militant vegan, yeah, it's only pure militant veganism. Um, in a way, it was done back then. Like, I who knows if Darkness Production was vegan? I don't, I don't even think that guy was taking like it wasn't important who the hutters were, it was about you, which is something that today I think is done wrong by many people. Like, they search so much for a concept that when there's a split, if someone is not exactly like the other band, it seems that some people don't get it. Like, who cares? Like, it's just what we're doing is about the sound. And back then, that especially that split is like really about the spirit and the sound. And 
the whole connection of these three bands is like DIY experimental noise. And oh, yeah. that's what's important. And that's why we'll get to this, I guess, later. But the, you know, the hermit insert of uh, this split 10 inches is especially gorgeous. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll get to it when we talk about hermit. But yeah, it's, and, and, and uh, it's, it's uh, uh, you know, particularly um, pertinent uh, right now. But we'll get to that. We'll, we'll uh, kind of want to talk so about So let's go back on Isaton. I mean, um, It's so good. Like the, the, I guess, I mean, I'm not 100% sure, but it seems the sound source is like water dripping. There's and water it, on both of these tracks. It's definitely. so wet and like, and just, it, that's the connection with nature. I think yeah. on this, but this guy really gets it. Like it's, and then he's doing what would be unexpected. because you would expect like a synth or something like mellow. And then it's just like, this pounding electronic drum, which yeah. make the track kind of really militant veganism. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I think there might be some sort of, there was, you know, that kind of synthy sounding kind of like these stabs, but I might yeah. not be synth. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it has that just great kind of psychotic. Like, oh yeah. You know? And the, the oh, drum yeah. is like military. It's yeah. just like, da, da. it's so nice. Brutal. The title translates to uh, your beauty ideal. Yeah, Heights ideal. I I can't do German. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, and this I is... really like like the combination of these like really not natural sounding drums, like that are those mechanic or military, to that natural sound of yeah. like just feeling like being away from a city, and then you have this almost like you know true industrial or warehouse kind of. This I like the clash of both worlds in one track. Yeah. So good. And so this is the third song on the A side. So Esetan's material split on the A side and the B side. And on the at the beginning of the B side we have his second track, which is Our Struggle. Is this is this one person? I think so. Um but it the like the the, the the funny thing is that the second track is highly uh it's a not it, I, I mean, it's the same guy, but it's like another world. Yeah. That it's literally piercing, another world. Just that piercing opening. It yeah, still has just, water sounds, though. There's a yeah, bubbling, yeah. bubbling Yeah, water I guess sound. that's the link between uh, the, the the two sides, yes. But yeah, the feedback like, is gross on it. There's some I metal clatter. noise, yeah. <laughs> just and truly DIY sounding uh, eye hand feedback and like. Then, you know, you go to, it's the way it was done back then, being from the punk scene, I guess. And his insert has got a great, which we always love, a good thanks list. And he's got like a huge thanks list. Oh, yeah. The, the thanks list is just insane. I mean, you know, it's more or less only people that were involved back then. I know he's he's thanking Mariko from Pluto Distribution that, For me, she was really influential. I think it's a girl. I'm not even sure, but I guess Mariko from Japan. If ever she's listening, I'm sure she's not, but I greet her. But I did a lot of good trades uh, with Pluto oh, Distribution. Really? And it was before internet, like just sending whatever tapes I would have of my, I think I was doing crap at, at the time. <laughs> I mean, and I would send my stuff and just have a want list from her list. And she had an insane list that would go from... 
honestly, she had a tiny bit of black metal. And it would go to Gero Gary Gigigi or like she had a an often a lot of shit noise and noise core from that time. So like stuff like Spanish Project X Created Alive and like weird like underground version of Anal Cunt, let's say. Like she, <laughs> she but she had an insane list and I discovered a lot of that underground of those days to her. So I I guess that why he was in contact with Pluto distribution. That, oh, that that's, that's something so cool. that totally disappeared, but it's super important for me. Then you know, Animon Tube was big back then, and then you have K from Outermost on his oh, Outermost. <laughs> yeah, and this guy was all around back in those days. Now the only time he resurfaced in the past few years is doing splits with uh, Bastard Noise, which is amazing. Like it's crazy that the only thing he's done in the last 10 years, I. It's more or less collab with Bastard Noise. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they, I mean, thanks to this back then, they were they were a big thing. No one does them nowadays, but it was more or less, uh, uh, as a fan, it was like leading you to new artists to discover. You were like, oh, if this guy is thinking that thing, like, you know. I mean, you know, we always talk about the venereology thanks list that, that, that Merzbaugh did. I mean, that's, you know, as as a, as a kid getting into it, you just go down that list. You're like, I yeah, know. That, that, that's like another plateau of things. Like, uh, I, I'd say, like, compared to that split, that that was like Madonna. This is, we're, ta <laughs> we're talking of really underground stuff. Absolutely. Right so you started in 96, and was that Am Sanglant? Was I mean, was that? Yeah, Am Sanglant was my first serious project i guess i wasn't taking seriously at first but to me it's almost autobiographical it's just a project that will follow me i guess forever it's kind of personal maybe it's like my my underground diary in a way that's oh i love that <laughs> like it's just it, 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 it's yeah it's my connection to the underground it's something like and i so were you so were you, were you playing shows or how like i guess how did you start playing shows and just meeting local people or yeah well you, I, how it happened is this like uh from I, montreal I, yeah i started uh knowing noise actually because of that relapse release compilation called uhf vhf awesome. um they were giving it away when you were they, they had a deal like uh, you buy four cassette and you get that comp for free or something And the first CD of the comp was like metal, which I was used to. And the second CD that was like attracts Morgan on it and like dull noise stuff. And I was like, what's that? And then I figured out with my guitar hem that I could do noise. I was like a dull loser, not knowing <laughs> anything about this shit. I was like, I can do it. So that's how I decided to well, just let's do it, you know? And I recorded Am Sanglant. And then, uh, After looking out for people doing that kind of sound in my city, uh, I discovered that radio show on CKUT, which is um, uh, McGill University Radio in Montreal. And there was a radio show called Entertainment to Pain done oh. by Gary from Alienate. Oh, no way. And I would call him. And then I, it, I was really young back then, but he was the only guy taking me seriously and since then we're friends since then but i i that's how i i got introduced to like real noise oh wow wow and so you've been in contact with gary ever since then yeah it's he's an old friend i mean alienate obviously is you know such a such a massive label yeah. for all of us i mean 
like for example their first release uh the it's akesha gold yeah. by mersbo yeah. and it's so even the layout is so primitive and minimal and it's one of the most extreme mersbo if not the most extreme to me it's like a transylvanian hunger <laughs> yes and that's being from a middle background when i think of that record it's just like so raw and primitive yeah. and then mersbo had an history and it's like like dark drone you know they they went from being a good death metal band to more and more primitive i feel mersbo did the same with that wow, record i love that i love that yeah it's got that great the the open opening of the book is just printed black Dude, the CD is only silver and there's this like compact disc logo on the CD and that's it. There's no, there's nothing. <laughs> I love it. It's so minimal. That's so cool that that's how you got, got in contact. And obviously, Emmy Open Doors. And when we were saying about doing shows back then, I was lucky enough to play at Hotel Tutango, which was where um, Godspeed would record and rehearse back then. And uh, I played there with like, MSBR, Kevin, oh, Kevin, oh, really? Yeah, Kevin Drum, uh, oh, awesome. Government Alpha. Was that that? That was the MSBR Government Alpha tour. Yeah. Then? yeah oh no exactly. way! 90, so ninety nine. So actually, we have and uh, Skin Crime also uh, played on some of those shows. Uh, one or two of those shows. So two of our two guests in a row got to play with MSBR and Government Alpha. I was at the uh, the Detroit show. Yeah, that's and right. I interviewed uh, Koji and Yasutoshi. So so cool obviously for my old webzine that will go nameless <laughs> edit that part out and obviously rest in peace uh koji we you know we all well he was all uh, definitely a monument of the noise yeah. underground yes. still to this day was you know the you know only worship coming from it's so sad seeing there. these japanese guy dying so young like also hope which i saw yeah. live a couple yeah. of times like yeah, yeah. great yeah. guy but you know we were just reminiscing about the uh, MSBR guest book yesterday. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Man, so, well, so the final track on this 10 inch is kind of what spurred, uh, you know, we, we were super psyched to talk to Pierre Mark about Canadian, you know, coming from Canada, coming from Canadian noise in the nineties. And we finished off this 10 inch with, with Hermit and who, you know, who is obviously such a big part of, Pure marks start into noise and, and you know. Well, there's a lot of things to say about Ermin. First of all, it's one of the few noise projects I was knowing uh, back then. Plus, the great thing is that, like I said, it was easy to communicate with him since he was in Canada. Like, stamps were cheaper. I could send him, like, Canadian money, get the records. And he's Vancouver, correct? Yeah, yeah. It's far away from, that's why. Like, kind of the opposite. End. It's almost as far away as doing Montreal, L.A. Right. Like, right it's really right. far. But he had that thing that not many noise band had back in those days and even today he had a metal looking logo yeah like the logo from it is so amazing and just this by itself it was fascinating to me and then getting his shit uh through the mail just seeing the guy how he was looking like with you know not looking like a cross punk having these weird patches on his pants and and how he would eat uh, the way society is going in a punk way was really inspiring to me because I was not liking really what was going around and his rebellion was speaking to me. That's so, so cool. the, 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 and the fact that he had like a metal slash punk looking logo made him different from most noise I, I was knowing. 
And so he was from Canada, but it's not only that, like I was fascinated by Hermit World. His label was ca was called Garbage Society. <laughs> Such a great name for a label. I mean, like, I on. mean, the, the guy was rough, really having a pure disgust for society. And that's what was speaking to me, honestly. <laughs> Well, this track comes with comes with rec first of all this track wreckage of life which is what a title and and you, and it comes with the lyric sheet and it's got I mean just his insert alone is just so cool recorded you know tells you when February 25th 1997 so there's a dedication on it there's a a picture of him in like some kind of abandoned found like foundation structure you know building thing with uh, a pile of dirt next to him and <laughs> like a weird steel cage door. It looks awesome. So cool. Tells you to listen loud on it. But then when you flip to the B side and this thing's folded to fit in the 10 inch, but there's a mini poster of like a guy. It looks like a bus stop or something, but in the middle of fucking nowhere, abandoned overgrown field and it's all covered in graffiti. And at the top it says in the spirit of total resistance. And at the bottom it says worldwide DIY underground. Hell yeah. And to me, up to this day, there's rarely something as rebellious as that. It's just also, if you think about it, like what's more DIY than noise? Like if you think about the music industry and you would be a band in the 80s or 70s, like, I mean, you know, like Trevor and Gristle did it, but did it on their own label. You had to be DIY to do noise. Not a single legit label would sign noise. Right. Noise <laughs> is such a weird music. So noise is the DIY music, and it's really a, a, a spirit of life. You can never trust any label or entity to do your sound when you're a noise artist. DIY is the way to go. And this this insert is particularly pertinent to now because if you were at the show, the hospital showcase shows or saw a video and you saw a couple flags flying, well, then you saw that insert because the flag was flying, or if you've ordered from hospital anytime recently, you're going to get a poster, a blown up poster of this image. So the spirit of the underground is still alive and continuing. And I find it's the, the message is so amazing. It's just like, whatever you want to do, if you believe in what you're doing, do it yourself. Like, it sounds like a stupid motto nowadays because DIY is everywhere. And I think people don't take it seriously, but if you're serious about what you're doing, just do it. Do it yourself. That's how you do things, you know? <laughs> Hell yeah. And boy, what a track. This thing. <laughs> this, this track is incredible. Yeah. At the beginning, that noise actually, you know, being young and going to sound sources that you would have on and I actually had a typewriter back then because. I don't know if you guys were doing that, but I was doing my layout with typewriter back in those days. And you know, when you finish a line on a typewriter and it's talking at the end and it did, I don't know how you name this, but the, the, the like, it's like yeah, the when you, when you, you, you finish it all line, then it's, it's talking there. And the sound of the noise that he has, that it's kind of rhythmic. It's really recalling me like, typewriter noise like yeah. if i would use my typewriter as a sound source it would sound like that <laughs> yeah J jackhammer typewriter just this repetitive yeah yeah, yeah 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 exactly uh and just this by itself it's so diy because those days you have to think like there was not only no youtube or no facebook but there was no internet yeah so yeah. 
I guess everyone of that era of noise at some point had a computer, uh, not a computer, but a typewriter. So typewriter was very important. I could picture him using this as a sound source. I did it myself. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a good sound source. Well, this that. insert and the lyrics and stuff all look typewritten too, right? So there's... And... It, yeah, he's he's definitely using a typewriter. Like yeah. seeing the scene, like back then, I was I wasn't understanding really what was part electronic and noise. I thought it was the same thing. And now I still think this is noise, but there's actually lyrics and vocals. Which right. the vocals just sound. The I hate the overuse of a word or something, but they're tortured. They sound they're pained. And these lyrics are about being isolated and loneliness and going crazy. It's also a lot of frustration against yeah. society. Yes. It's torment, tormented vocals. Yeah. It's a, it's a hatred for, for the society and a, and a sense of isolation and loneliness. That's that the vocals have. And he, he just, yeah, they, they sound frantic, manic, just like a little crazy. There's a great delay on the vocals. So they, they just sound wild over this fucking jackhammer and this yeah. sort of like sewer drain noise you get. I probably describe things like that too often, but I'm sure you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, and it keeps moving around. I mean, they're, they're, it keeps shifting and it keeps going to these different zones. This is the longest track. It's a, it's a nine, nine, nine and a half, half minute, minute yeah. track. But there's so it, he he keeps shifting throughout the whole track. And what's weird about Hermit, I find that even if he's so pissed, it sounds like there's hope. It sounds like that he's still believing in humanity. It's not like totally hating the humankind. It's like, I hate society how it is right now, but I believe we could change it. That was like other projects is like kill everyone. It seems like he still believes there's hope, but he's desperate right now. And it, which is such a unique vision in this sort of, you, you know, using these concepts and stuff. Um, yeah. You know, I think, I think you were, I think we were, we were kind of sitting next to each other and I think you wrote down, uh, what was it? Gentle. Yeah, I said gently punk. <laughs> yeah, so or gently angry. Gently angry because there is because the vocals yeah, there is something like that. It's not it's not aggressive. It's, but at the same time, listening to the the thing, I I wrote like extreme disgust for society, which which is definitely part of it. Which I mean, is uh, what's what's in the liner notes of the like 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 the 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 kind of lyrics he has there like. Like past the point of no return, long nights, madness, isolation, hatred for hatred for the moles, staring That's dead so at their TV set. Our culture is so fucking boring. I'm being eaten alive with loneliness. I mean, <laughs> that is, and that's the spirit of his track. Absolutely, yes. absolutely. So, I I love the way he's seeing life more or less because. It just a pure disgust for our people, like staring at their TV set, which more or less would be like people just staring at their phone, you know, yeah. like it, it just get a life, do it yourself, find your way and do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Do it yourself, <laughs> man. Don't be that, that person that just follow what they tell you to do. Looking at your phone screen, just do something, you know? Oh yeah. And I, I think now, now more than ever is is we're we're primed and ready for a, for a hermit you know return I think you know this is this well is, this uh, is the time. he's a funny character I haven't been in touch with him for years but I know he's been doing like more folk experimental stuff in the last years um, 
Well, but, but to me, it's, it, I, I don't know it much, actually. I, w- I was just being fascinated by Hermit as a project. And uh, I haven't followed what Eric did afterwards, sadly. But definitely, uh, there's a bit of nostalgia, but Hermit, for me, it's also a formative project. It's a project that was like education of noise to me. Um, yeah, I, I, and I... I do believe that uh, it's the best thing Eric ever did, even if I don't know so much of what he did afterwards. At at the point in time, Hermit is such uh, an important project for Canadian noise that's been so underrated for ever. Like, I mean, people will talk about Dorita, obviously, which is selective, or Neural, that's amazing. And to me, Hermit is like the underdog, is the guy that... He, he, he was like truly doing it like in his bedroom, not asking for anything, just being in touch with people personally, spreading his record because he was been palling. But I don't understand why no one ever like cared about this project because he's really one of the most important Canadian noise project ever. I, I, I was recently organizing my tapes and records and I, sent you a picture of the hermit uh live tape that i have that's packaged in that like great like it's almost like it's not rubber but it's like it's some weird non-slip kind of material and with the paste on and insert and and you know it's just wow you can't that never that will never cease to excite me to see that you know, the aesthetic of Hermit is cool. Like uh, we were talking about the insert earlier, the way he's using the typewriter. Even the, I don't know how he's doing his logo back then. It's looking really old school. Clearly no Photoshop, but yeah, he had a sense of aesthetic that not many noise project had at, in those days. Um, I think most of the Japanese guys had their way of doing layouts and he had his own way. And it, it was a, like most of his layout actually amazing. Oh, oh totally. It looks so good. And we're talking of pre-computer era, like, so he, I don't know I was doing everything, but he definitely had his own style and it was well done. No question. Well, this was so awesome. Pierre, yeah. thank you for picking this record. I think this is an incredibly exciting record for us. I hope that, that anyone out there who doesn't know this record. But it also it's a record from a weird time. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. 97, it's like post like, relapse Mersbo, like when everyone got into noise of our generation so that's like in the the the, the, the you know the wilderness like, years kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah it's kind of the forgotten years but it's and also it's so underground like it's not it's not it wasn't widely spread back then it's part of why it's not cold probably because you had to be in the scene to get that record right right 97 is kind of our year if you notice the episodes <laughs> we've done so far too is we're, we're really kind of sticking around 96 97 that won't be the case forever but it's just uh it just kind of so happens it's just kind of what's been happening but i think i think you know kind of what we say yeah all of us kind of around the same age and just kind of getting into it around the same time it's it's it, you know it's, it was such a great time and yeah this this record is a great underground uh artifact uh, of the 90s oh um, yeah uh i also want to uh encourage everyone to pick up what I consider to be one of the modern classic noise records. And that would be Amson Glant's three CD uh, oh, wow. a- Thank a- you. album on, on hospital. So uh, if you haven't picked that up yet, 
I know Gray can attest to Chindia to Tower Impalements. Yeah, absolutely. It is a modern noise classic. So uh, anyone who doesn't have that, no excuse. Go get that right now. Try to find this 10 inch and do it. Well, yourself. you know, there's a great link between Chindia Tower Impalement and uh, that 10 inch. They're both limited to 300, and they're both still available. <laughs> <laughs> Well let's, sell, well, let's sell them out. <laughs> You've been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, home to noise artists for over 17 years, by Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon subscribers. Thanks so much. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra. Find us on Instagram at noise extra or on the web at noiseextra.com. One E in all of those. We're also on Twitter at Noise Extra, but with three A's. Thank you for listening to us and to Noise.